you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sorry, politicos. I hate to break it to you, elected people and fellow confused folks like me. No, we're not in this together. And hey, whatever happened to the flu? We'll answer a few of those questions next. It is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn this morning. I am ordinarily in central Virginia on the air. And of course, today, I'm just so happy to be sitting in for Glenn and chatting with folks all over the country. I asked, uh, what exactly happened to the flu? Do you remember the flu used to be all the rage? I mean, seriously, the flu was the thing that was going to get us all. Uh, not not Ebola, not uh, the bird flu, just the, the, the regular flu every single year. You get the flu, he gets the flu, she gets the flu. And, and, and if you're not on guard, forget about it. Uh, this is why everybody's got to get a flu shot. And then maybe you should get another flu shot. And I don't know, try the other flu shot. And uh, the flu has gone missing. It is MIA at the moment because everybody is focused on the Chinese coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, or COVID-19. Look, I try and cover each and every one of those names. Why? Because each of the names has been used. Each of the names seems to be legitimate. And that way, everybody is uh, offended equally. But the flu used to be the thing. And it would lead newscasts. And every single article that appeared in print would then have the little sidebar article that said, oh, you got to get the flu shot. And then every year there'd be a new variation of the flu shot because there was a new variation of the flu. And the flu shots each year were just, I don't want to say they were cobbled together because that's insulting, but essentially, well, all right, they were cobbled together. You'd have a bunch of these these immunologists sitting around going, hey, Joe, where are you going for lunch today? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Didn't they have the flu once? Yeah. All right, let, let, let's put that in the batch. It just seems to me that there's sort of a scattershot approach. Now, behind the scenes, obviously, you've got really brilliant medical people going, no, here's why we pick this one. Here's why we pick that one. But each year we get the flu shot. And each year people get the flu. And this year, no coverage of the flu. So I reached out. I know one or two people, right? One or two people who have got a medical background. And I said, listen, doc, how come I'm not hearing about the flu? And one doctor in particular said, look, Jeff, here's what's going on with the CDC. Here's what's going on with the flu. They're counting the flu in with other ailments so now they've got something called pick pic pneumonia influenza covid so unless you want to go in and break it all up you get the one number apparently now i know what you're thinking jeff i cannot possibly under any circumstances confuse the flu with something more serious and the, the reality is yeah you can yeah you can see because for years i thought i had had the flu and I tell people, they go, hey, Jeff, how are you? I, I, I got the flu. I totally got the flu. Well, how do you know you have the flu? Well, because I don't feel well and it's winter time, and that's what you do. You get the flu. Well, it could be a cold. No, it can't be a cold. I know it's the flu. And then you know what happened? 
I actually got the flu. Now, if you've never had the real flu, let me explain this to you. Because I got up one morning, and I didn't feel well. I said to my wife, all right, I'm going to work. So I go to work, and I don't feel well. Yeah, not end of the world, not I'm going to jump off this building because it's, <laughs> it's just too bad. I just didn't feel well. Not 100%. Well, I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and then it's time for my show. And I walk up these steps. I'm not going to tell you, as I'm walking up the steps, I'm thinking, I don't know when it happened, but these steps have gotten longer. They're higher. They're more steps. I swear they're more steps. And with each step, I get a little more tired, and I'm not feeling quite as well as I was at the beginning of the steps, and then I make it to the end of the steps. And I think, well, all right. And I walk into our broadcast studio and I sit down and I start talking and I talk and I talk and I talk yada 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 bada bada ba and then during the news breaks and during the commercial breaks I start putting my head down on the table and my boss came in he says hey are are you okay so, oh yeah I just don't feel well and he's looking at me and I thought man I must look really bad he says you just are why, why don't you go home Really? Yeah. No, I'm okay. No, 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 no. You, you don't look well. No, okay. And then I'm thinking, I gotta walk down those steps again. This is not good. But I walk down the steps, and I drive home. And as I'm driving home, I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I don't feel well. Right? I keep coming back to that. I don't feel well. But it's not end of the world sick. I'm sure of it. So. I get home and I say to my wife, I don't feel well. Well, why are you home so early? Because I don't feel well and my boss said you look unwell. Oh, okay. So what are you going to do? I'm going to bed. Now, it's probably 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I trudge up the steps and again, I'm thinking to myself, God, who replaced the steps in the house? I get into bed. It's probably 5.15 in the afternoon. I proceed to sleep until the next morning. Now, apparently, at some point during my, my slumber, the bride came up to check on me. Or at least that's what she claims. Now, I'm not entirely sure because I'm thinking she could also have been checking the insurance policies. Right? Looking at going, well, at least, you know, it's in his sleep. How bad could it be? And then around 7, 8 o'clock the next morning, and I've been asleep the whole time. i got to go to the bathroom. And I'm, I get up, and I start walking to the bathroom, and I'm thinking, man, who designed this house? I cannot believe that the bathroom is like a mile away from the bedroom. Must have been some sort of marathon runner. And then I realize, you know, I don't think I'm really well. And I go to the doctor, and sure enough, I've got the flu, the official flu, influenza. That's the real deal. I get whatever the treatment is, boom, I'm back to the real world. Now, why do I mention this? Because all of a sudden now, people are not getting the flu. And the explanation I read yesterday was people are not getting the flu because so many people are wearing masks and staying six feet apart, which is apparently the same reason as the flu numbers plummet that the COVID numbers are increasing because people are not wearing enough masks and they're not staying six feet apart. Can we have both of those only in the world 
of a politician. Only in the world of someone who builds their life telling you and telling me how much smarter they are, how much better they are. And that's what I mean when I say we're not in this together. We're not even close to being in this together. We have 19 million Americans who are out of work. Let that sink in for a second. 19, almost 20 million out of work. They're not out of work because they want to be. Well, that's not true. A couple of them are out of work because they want to be because they just found out they get a $300 a week bonus for being out of work, which makes no sense. If you're in the dreaded private sector, if you're actually working for a living, you know what happens? If you do really well, if you help the company advance, you may get a bonus. But in the crazy world of the 5,600-page aid bill, this coronavirus incentive bill that just passed, 5,600 pages, nobody had a chance to read this thing. Talk about cobbled together, but everybody voted for it. You know why? Because you and I apparently are going to get $600. You want to cost that out over the 10 months that we've been locked up in our homes? What is it? Is it a penny an hour? $600 is not worth it. 20 million Americans out of work is not worth it. You are following these rules. I'm following these rules. But those people who are imposing the rules, the people who are telling us, hey, stay in your house. Hey, don't go out after midnight. Hey, this is the smartest virus of all time. Unlike the flu that doesn't know what time of day it is, the coronavirus apparently can figure out if you're being naughty or nice. It can figure out if you're out at a restaurant at 10 minutes past 10 or you've had an alcoholic beverage closer to midnight. And those folks imposing these rules are not in it with us. The state of California essentially has ceased to exist. Governor of California is out gallivanting. Hey, listen, I got a big party I'm going to. The mayor of San Jose out socializing. New York, well, Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, I think is fighting with his brother Chris as to really who is the Fredo brother because they each seem to be trying to out Fredo the other. No, no, seriously. I'm dumber than you are. No, I don't think so. Stupid is as, oh, no, my God. Everything is locked down. But he's making plans now. He wants to go to the Buffalo Bills playoff game. And he has the audacity as he tells working people in New York, your jobs are not essential. Your livelihood is not essential. But he has plans to go to the first playoff game for the Buffalo Bills in an awfully long time. And it's going to be described, we're told, as essential travel. You get what I'm saying now when I say we're really not in this together? 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. I remind you all sorts of amazing material, great information for you every single solitary day when you check out glennbeck.com, when you check out theblaze.com. Oh, by the way, how insulted are you to learn that you're not essential? That the fact that your kids want to eat every single day doesn't make you essential. The fact that you're trying to pay your mortgage 
doesn't make you essential. But some pinhead politician somewhere who wants to go for some sort of a wine reception, like the governor of Rhode Island, they're essential. It's appalling. Remember, you can always shoot me an email as well, jeff at thejeffcatshow.com, jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. If it's easier, you go to my website, thejeffcatshow.com, and there's a, a contact page there. It is Jeff Katz, and I am in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. As we talk about who is and is not essential, but more importantly, trying to shed some light on the fact that you and I are not in this together. Well, maybe you and I are in this together, but the folks who are telling us to stay home, the folks who have preached to us that we're all in this together, they've made sure, quite frankly, that they are not in this at all. Not even close to it. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. By the way, Joe Biden got the uh, coronavirus vaccine yesterday. We'll, we'll play a little snippet of it in a couple of moments. But you will be, well, you'll be, I don't, I, I don't want to say you'll be amazed. Because frankly, Joe Biden's comments I don't think amaze anyone anymore. Except for Joe Biden. He is always surprised at what he said because he didn't even realize he said it. Because he's thinking, well, wait a minute. Isn't it Matlock time? I'm telling you, I got it. Matlock. There's got to be an episode. What, what about that 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 lady? I I love her. She she solves all those crimes up in Maine, right? It's uh, 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 Agatha Christie. And then he's back to sleep. Sal is in New Jersey. Hey, Sal, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hi. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I'm always amazed when I hear somebody agreeing with me. Yeah. And, the problem, the problem with the the politicians is everything they come up with never applies to them. So of course it's always half-assed. Yeah. But in New Jersey, the thing I wanted to talk about, we all had a vote on paper, and the only way you didn't have to vote on paper, you could vote electronically, was if you had some sort of disability. But there was never a list of what those disabilities were. And am I stupid, or isn't it more difficult to vote well, no, electronically than no, to, to Sal, check on a piece of paper? But Sal, there's your disability, right? You are you're <laughs> allergic. You're allergic to paper. Is Phil Murphy, your goofball governor, going to come to your house and go, "All right, Sal, prove it to me. Here's a piece of paper. No, you had, I want to no, see you, you going." No, but you had you had to show proof of, oh of your disability. Sal, I appreciate the call. Let me tell you, when you got a guy, remember, because that guy did it too, right? That Phil Murphy guy was out having dinner somewhere. You can't leave your house. In fact, you can't even look out the window because you might see something like, like what? Governor Phil Murphy having dinner when he's not supposed to be? Yeah, that's right. You're not supposed to see it. Martin, Virginia. Martin, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, how you doing, uh, Glenn? Glad to see you're on, or actually, uh, Jeff, glad to yep. see you're on the Glenn Beck Show. Happy New Year to you. Happy Christmas. And Thank I want to just make a quick point on the $600, you know, that they just passed for every American. Yep. Um, I'm in a, in a field where I've really made, I, I, I probably doubled my income from last year. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm in, you know, mortgage banking. 
Oh, uh, but okay. My wife is in a, uh, you know, an industry where it's just getting hammered, and without me, I mean, I don't even know how they would be surviving right now. I'm just pouring yeah. money, you know, helping out. Yep. Um, but six hundred dollars is like a slap in the face. It's I, I can't even. I, I can't even go over the politicians where they think they're actually really doing something great. Well, um, but does, Martin, let me ask you a question, ridiculous. though. Martin, doesn't that say something about us that the politicians have figured out so many of us are so damn stupid that they're going, yeah, 600 bucks, and these idiots are going to be excited because there are people who are excited about it. Better idea? Stop taking my money in the first place. Leave it in my paycheck or leave it in, in my business. Let me spend it. You know, they, they, they take it out of our left pocket. They put part of it in our right pocket and go, there you go. Merry Christmas. The Richmond, so yeah, they're really digging deep into our pockets here. It's, it's ridiculous. Everything from your utility bills or, you know, yep. so many service fees on it. I have friends that live in other counties that live in houses that are three times the size of mine and their utility bills are half of mine, you know, just yeah. on and on and on. It's it ridiculous. Does. It, it is ridiculous. Martin, I appreciate the call to the Glenn Beck program. It gets crazier all the time. $600. Oh, no, wait a minute, Jeff. you got to, to put that in with the $1,200 they gave us before. All right, so it's 100 I'm, I'm, I'm on carry the one. I went to public school. All right, so you got what? $1,800? All right, so you got $1,800. $1,800. You haven't been able to live your life for 10 months. That's $180 a month. Hold on, i got to carry the one $180 a month. What is that, like, like $45 a week? You do realize that you could sneeze and probably make $45 a week. $45 a week is not big money. I don't know if we've figured that out yet. Oh, here's another thing. It just occurred to me. You know the folks who are making the rules? Like all these people working for the governor, whatever governor you've got, I don't care, the governor of any state. You know they haven't missed any paychecks. Oh, they're on blue ribbon panels and blue ribbon commissions, and they're eating blue ribbon dinners, but they haven't missed a single solitary paycheck. At the same time, they're telling you, if you go in and you try and operate your business, we're going to arrest you because you are not essential. Wow. It does get crazier and crazier. Now, I mentioned to you that Joe Biden took the vaccine. We'll listen and talk about it in just a moment. It is Jeff Katz in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn. Happy to be here. But where else are we going to be, right? You're not allowed out. I'm not allowed out. Although I did go out yesterday. Had some errands to run. And I, and I ran them. I ran the errands and, and, you know, masked up and gloved up and wearing my hazmat suit, which is so fashionable this time of year. No, seriously, if you get the red and green hazmat suit, <clears throat> people start confusing you for, uh, for Santa, which is really neat. It is really, really neat. I take a look at uh, what we're doing here in Virginia. Our, uh, uh, well, uh, my gyno. And I know, what, Jeff? You're gyno. Yeah, gy- gyno. Governor in name only. Uh, my gyno, uh, Wreck-It Ralph Northam, just uh, announced the other day, everybody needs to be in their homes between midnight and 5 a.m. And somebody, one of the press corps, actually said, well, excuse me, uh, your governorship. Why? And 
The governor's response was, well, my grandmother told me that nothing good happens between or happens after midnight. Oh, okay. Well, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm game. Let's go along with that. Why not? As the same governor said, oh, the baby was born alive. Not to worry. He'll, he'll fit in the trash can. It's okay. I mean, he's a terrible person, but I'm looking at what we're allowed to do. We're not allowed to do. We're not allowed to do anything. Oh, except maybe go out to get this coronavirus vaccine, right? And now they're talking about you need to have some sort of proof. Like, what, what was it? Ticketmaster said, we're going to start doing concerts again. Sometime, maybe next year, the year after, or, eh, you know, when your baby is 18 years old and able to go to a concert, whatever it is, you're going to have to show proof that you've had the coronavirus. Now, how are you going to do that? You get a hat, you get a T-shirt, somebody else said, oh, you get a barcode. Really? Yeah, you know, like a barcode tattoo. Seriously? Have Have you read anything at any point in your life? Oh, is that not a good idea? Eh, It's not a good idea. So Joe Biden did get the uh, coronavirus vaccine yesterday, and he had such a a powerful statement afterwards. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. The administration deserves some credit getting this off the ground with Operation Warp Speed. I'm I'm sorry, what? Can I hear that one more time? The administration deserves some credit getting this off the ground with Operation Warp Speed. Look, dude, I don't know how to break it to you. It wasn't just the administration. It was President Donald John Trump who said, we're going to move this down the line as fast as possible so long that it's safe. It was President Trump, you pretender you. President Trump who got this thing moving. And you and everybody on your side of the aisle, and by that, of course, I mean not just the Democrat Party hacktivists, but, you know, the Democrat Party hacktivists who have been deployed to newsrooms. Every one of you said, well, you can't get a vaccine that fast. It's going to be five years. We're all going to be dead, and the the last person around will get it. And and yet President Trump did it, and you can't even say his name. Isn't that funny? Because for Biden and his crowd, Trump, 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 is the excuse and the reason for everything bad that's ever happened. But President Trump gets this Operation Warp Speed together. President Trump gets this vaccine, not with just one company, but with multiple companies out there before the end of the year. And he won't even say the president's name. Doesn't that tell you everything you really need to know? 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Hit me up. Uh, You can send me an email. Easiest way to do it is go to the website, thejeffcatshow.com, thejeffcatshow.com, and click on the uh, little contact link there. And by the way, while you're on the web, can I give you two websites that I swear to you have got to be mandatory reading for you each and every day, glennbeck.com? TheBlaze.com. Barry is in South Carolina. Hey, Barry, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, I just sir. wanted to talk about this about stimulus. I mean, $600 per person. My wife is obviously jumping up and down for George. So, Joyce, you know, we got five kids and she's stuck at home because they all have to do online schooling. And I'm like, you know, you realize that that's, that's really only a month's worth of income for us because right. that's not going to be enough. My kids are home. They're burning up the electric. They're burning up the water, the heat. The yeah. food is, you know, obviously getting even more. And it, I just think it's funny that they feel that the American working person is going to be happy with that. I mean, 
I know a lot of them are like, yay, more money, but it's gone. I mean, my toxins alone just off my paycheck yeah. to work as much as I have to do is like $400 in, in, in state and a 600 in federal. I mean, wow. there it goes. That's where yeah. the money's coming from. And, I mean, I just and, think it's ridiculous. They think that's enough. That, and Barry, you just raised the point that's the most important one. It's your money to begin with. It's our money. God, they took it in the first place. Ah, give, give us that that ten thousand dollar, ten thousand. You know, here's some for you, and here's some. Oh, not not to the people. No, they, we got we got ice cream to buy for 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 Nancy, and you know, Mitch McConnell is uh, is he still looking for that spine? Yeah, no, I have him check eBay or Amazon. There's got to be a spine there that he could buy or or bid on. How much do we have left? Uh, $607.22. All right, keep the $7.22 for our handling fee and then send somebody the 600 bucks. Jay in Ohio. Hey, Jay, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Jeff. I think you're doing a terrific job. Merry Christmas. Thank um, you, sir. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, so, so, my wife and children believe my job is essential. It oh. is essential. And and I know that's going to come as a shock to anybody who is in government who hasn't missed a single paycheck, a single uh, uh, health insurance. Not, no, they're right. fine. Yeah. You cut, you cut them off back in spring. Just say, okay, we're putting a freeze and not a payback in the future, but a freeze on all government pay 10 months ago. This is over in 30 days. Yep. 30 days, it's over. Yep. Uh, and and, and i got to tell you, uh, we're getting pretty fed up with this, and I'm in Ohio, and theoretically a Republican state. I don't believe that for one second. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. And, well, and, you and, know, uh, Jay, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you guys in Ohio gave the rest of us this John Kasich character, and we're trying to figure out if we can send him back and get our cleaning deposit returned. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, I... I appreciate the call to the Glenn Beck program. Yeah, there are a lot of these guys out there. And you know what's funny to me? We have so many of the the party folks. Look, I, I happen to be a Republican, but I'm taking a look and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. It's not a two-party system. It really isn't. It's your party and my party, and then it's their party up in D.C. And you know, their party involves wine and cheese and paying the bills with the money that you and I sent. They are the swamp. Look, Mitch McConnell, right, uh, from Kentucky, just came out and said, I-, I don't want any of the senators challenging these electoral college votes, right? There's that Congressman Mo Brooks out of Alabama said, we got to challenge this, and all I need is one senator to challenge it. McConnell's already said, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. I've already welcomed Joe Biden as the president-elect. You know why? Because Mitch and Joe hung out for a half a century. Because they are buddies. And you can, you can have whatever letter you want after your name. But Trump came in there and was without question, without question, a disruptor. And they don't like that. Larry's in North Carolina. Hey, Larry, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Jeff. Merry Christmas. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you, sir. What we need to do with this extra intelligent 
virus that's going around is like what our parents used to tell us when we were children. Be in the house when the lights come home. Come on. <laughs> right. Don't be outside. As soon as the lights come on outside, yeah. be in the house. Yep. And I'm, I'm in the great state of super-duper Cooper. Mm. Which mm. I'm about to... <laughs> well, you, I don't have to say anymore. No, just, you don't. And everybody, by the way, in North Carolina who beat up on that poor Matt, Pat McCrory, he's not conservative enough. Now you got what? Like, uh, I don't know that he's a social. Well, maybe he is. Ken is down in Florida. Hey, Ken, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Thanks, Jeff. How you doing? Fine, thank you, sir. <laughs> we need to call out Mr. Yang on, on, on his being basically a, a Nazi. My family escaped Germany when my yep. dad was three years old. To get away from you know from being tattooed, that's right, and uh, that's basically what he's doing. And I don't understand why we're not calling him out on it. You know, Ken, it's a great question. It's a great question. I I too lost family during the Holocaust, during the Shoah, right? And every one of them had a government official at some point say, "Give me your arm. We're tattooing a number on you." I lived next to. Mr. and Mrs. Barg, when I grew up in uh, Oxford Circle, section of Philadelphia, and both Mr. and Mrs. Barg had numbers on their arms. And as a little kid, I had no idea what that meant. But I would see Mr. and Mrs. Barg outside. And again, I think I mentioned yesterday, we grew up in these, I grew up in a row, row house, you know, 50 houses on each side of the street and, and windows just front and back. Anyway, so I, I would see Mr. and Mrs. Barg and talk to them and I'd see these numbers. And I remember asking him, because I was a kid, hey, what's the number on your arm? What's that? And Mr. Barg said to me, oh, well, we don't have very good memories, so we tattooed our phone number on our arm. Now, that made perfect sense to me when I was like 10. I didn't investigate any closer. I guess if I had, I would have seen that Mr. Barg's number was different than Mrs. Barg's number, and I would have noticed that it wasn't actually the same number the same number of digits as you would have with a phone number, but I accepted that. So now you've got Andrew Yang out there saying, hey, everybody has to have a barcode of some sort attached to them to show that they got the coronavirus vaccine. Boy, that scares the living tar out of me. Oh, one other question. Do all of those barcodes, Mr. Yang, start with the number 666? Just asking for, you know, a few friends. Uh... Jeff Katz, sitting in today for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, sitting in for Glenn. So happy to have this opportunity from News Radio, WRVA, and beautiful Richmond, Virginia. Well, it used to be beautiful. A lot of of, uh, remodeling that happened during the summer, and uh, a lot of it involved spray paint and obscenities and sledgehammers. eh, I would have gone in a different direction, but, you know, I'm not not a professional in that regard. number of folks reaching out saying, hey, Jeff, what about social media? Where are you? I'm on Parler, Jeff Cat Show on Parler. I'm still on Twitter, but I swear every single day I say to myself, Jeff, this is the day you got to quit Twitter. This is the day. Because what happened, I had, I don't know, 25,000 people as followers, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, send out some little stuff here and there. And then all of a sudden, one morning I wake up and I have, uh, I don't know, seven. And then it goes back to 22. And it's bouncing all around. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Then I start getting these these emails from people saying, hey, Jeff, why did you ditch me on Twitter? And I said, I didn't ditch anybody. 
frankly, I don't even know how to ditch anybody. And that was when Twitter started with their great conservative purge. You know, they'd take followers away. So I haven't done nearly as much. But every once in a while, I like to encourage people to follow me on Twitter, Jeff Cat Show on Twitter, just to annoy the people on Twitter, just to give them something else to do. They go, oh, my God, cats. Is, uh. So, you know, uh, go ahead, uh, Jeff Cat Show. It's the same thing on both uh, Twitter and Parler. Where, uh, where are you going to be for Christmas? You're going to be locked in your house, right? You're not allowed to do anything or see anybody or think about anything. You're not even allowed to think about things, right? Because if you're on Facebook and you post something you're thinking about, all of a sudden some, some great unknown fact checker comes along and says, oh, this is wrong. It's like, yeah, but that's my thought. No, it's wrong. Not allowed to think it. Don't think that. Don't you dare think that. We got a new way of conducting ourselves here. Joshua is in Iowa. Hey, Joshua, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hi, good morning, sir. Hi. So I heard you were talking earlier about the the six hundred dollars coming in and everything for people, and I was started thinking about what about the Social Security tax deferral program that ends at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, some of us, like the federal government employees, and I'm also a reservist. You know, we were forced; we didn't get to opt out of it. So mm-hmm. now you're looking at a six to six point two normal deduction you know that's normal coming out but now they're going to have you repay that over the next four months so it's going to hit pretty hard right at the beginning of the year <laughs> wait a minute wait whoa, whoa, whoa. every everybody has to repay that uh federal employees and uh that includes your your military oh, employees as well oh. that were we were required to to take that so yeah i mean over since it started in september you know wow. it was a couple you know a little extra cushion we got but you yeah. knew that we were going to have to pay that back <laughs> that is outrageous joshua i appreciate the call i didn't even know that federal employees members of the military reservists are going to have to repay oh that's outrageous hey uh let me grab a bill who is in georgia when we have the opportunity to talk about Christmas songs. Hey, Bill. How are you, Jeff? I'm fine, thank you. 20 right, seconds. Um, all right. Uh, you just uh, talked about, you know, Jews and being wished Merry Christmas. Yep. It'd be interesting to know a little bit of trivia. The top seven of the top ten songs ever written about Christmas, including White Christmas, the number one seller, yep. were written by Jews. Well, of course, which is exactly why we don't have any decent Hanukkah songs. Thank you, Adam Sandler. Jeff Katz in for Glenn, the Glenn Beck Program. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy, thrilled to be sitting in for Glenn this morning. You know, every once in a while, when you do this sort of a show, you you, you have the opportunity to, to, to tell a story, to tell a story that's really worth telling. And a couple of years ago, I got, I got this book in the mail, and it was written by, and I don't say this as an insult, it was written by a kid, this high school student said, hey, Jeff, you know, I listen to your show every day, and I've heard you talk about your daughter, Julia, and, and her disabilities. Well, my sister, Emily, has got some special challenges, and I thought you'd get a kick out of this book, and... Hang on a second. It wasn't just, I want you to read the book, and I think you should have me on your show to talk about it. (laughs) I thought, (laughs) and he was right. Well, I'm happy that uh, P.J. Morrissey is joining us. P.J., thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jeff. 
Oh, it is it is absolutely my pleasure. So I want you to share with everybody what you shared with me now, what is it, a couple of years ago, and, and this amazing adventure that the Morrissey family, which is a beautiful family, has had with you and with Emily. Of course. So um, I have a sister, uh, Emily. She was born 22 years ago. And as a result of oxygen deprivation at birth, um, she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And, uh, you know, she's had many challenges that have come with it. Uh, CP affects everyone differently who has it. Um, but for Emily, it's mostly global delays. And uh, in particular, it's her gross and fine motor skills, cognitive skills, and speech. And, um, you know, despite her many challenges that you know, me and you wouldn't necessarily face on a day-to-day basis, like getting dressed or uh, making breakfast or tying our shoes or anything like that. Um, Emily is more for- fortunate than all of us because she has a way of looking at things that not everyone else has. Uh, you know, she's able to see the good in people and not judge them before uh, even getting to know them. Um, and because of that, her smile is absolutely infectious because it's genuine and she's reflecting back at the person that she's smiling at and all the good things that she sees in that person. Um, a little more of a backstory, uh, growing up with a sibling with special needs. Um, my mom just told me this story. I didn't remember, but I was three years old and, um, we had just moved to New Jersey and, um, I got mad at my mom because, uh, we were, me and Emily were going down into the basement to play for hours like we used to. And I said to her, why do I have to go down the stairs by myself? Why does Emily always have help and I don't? Why does she have so much attention? You know, I didn't realize uh, that Emily was different and um, in a good way. And, um, you know, I didn't understand why she couldn't play with me and my friends and my peers at school would talk about doing things with their siblings. And I would just be so shocked because I didn't have similar experiences as they did. Um, you know, we, we weren't able to play outside together with my friends, even though I begged my mom multiple times. Uh, and you know, I didn't really realize this difference until I'd say, middle school and mm-hmm. um you know i started to realize that she was different but not in a bad way yeah. uh she wasn't just an attention hog um and she began to become a guiding light and my inspiration um you know she's someone that has taught me more about what's important in life than anyone else has um and with that she's opened so many doors for me you know uh like you said i wrote and published uh, two books that are available on Amazon called uh, Different and Changed about my journey and experience uh, of growing up with a sibling with special needs. And, you know, the reality of that situation of having a family member that has a disability is making sure that they have everything that they need, such as, um, th- you know, things in school like an aid or, um, you know, just something to uh, give her a purpose. And yes. um, the unfortunate reality is that as much as 80% of adults with disabilities are not active in the workforce. And, you know, when school ends, you end up with this conundrum with, you know, what's next? What it's scary. You know, there's um, many years where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. And even though that they try to work it out while 
um, they're in school. A lot of the times it doesn't work out. Like um, for Emily, for example, you know, they were placing her in a few places and she wasn't loving it. Um, So because of this, my family and I came up with a a, uh, business idea that would harness her skill level and one of her uh, passions. And ever since Emily was a little girl uh, and started PT and OT, they had her stringing beads onto pipe cleaners and strings in order to sharpen her fine motor skills. And, you know, this was very difficult for her at the time. She had to put a lot of concentration into it. A lot of the times it could be frustrating. Um, And now she's done it ever since then. And, um, You know, a couple of years ago, she started making these bracelets with pony beads on elastic string for our family and friends, uh, you know, that were school themed or uh, seasonal themed. And um, she just loved seeing how happy it made them. And it seeing those smiles on other people, on other people's faces really, you know, gave her that purpose and confidence. And that's how Emily's bracelets was born. Um, emilysbracelets.com is her website where she uh, makes and designs uh, so many different bracelets, even custom bracelets, many that support first responders, um, other charities, things like that. Um, And, you know, when it started and it took off, it really did give her that purpose that I was talking about. She used to be painfully shy to the extent where she was diagnosed with selective mutism. Um, getting her to talk to anyone outside of our family was extremely difficult. And shortly after we launched the business, her teachers, her therapists, they noticed a uh, much larger sense of confidence in her. She started standing up straighter. Uh, she started talking to people without having to be prompted. And now, you know, she's like a <laughs> local celebrity here in Virginia. Um, she'll go out and um, she will just start a business or start a conversation with anybody she sees, you know, Oh, I have this website, Emily's bracelets. My brother built it for me and, um, you should go check it out. And we're like, Oh, who is she talking to? Um, let me jump yeah, in for she- a second, PJ, because Emily Morrissey is a rock star here in central Virginia. This past year, her online business, emilysbracelets.com, was voted by people throughout central Virginia as the best local online store. And I happen to be, as you know, a very loyal patron. I'm looking at my wrist right now. I have on there my thin blue line bracelet that I wear every single day to to support uh those who are still out there doing the job as police officers. I've got the Julia Katz bracelet, which Emily designed for for my lovely little girl, and a portion of those proceeds go to help the Friendship Circle. I've got my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer bracelet. I've got my Santa bracelet. I've got my Grinch bracelet. I've got my Hanukkah bracelet, and now I'm pretty much up to to my elbow at this point, but I know I need more. And and, and i got to tell you something, and I want to remind everybody... Not only is is Emily Morrissey a a real rock star here in Central Virginia, and I just wanted the entire country to hear this story, but PJ, uh, what you've done, what you've been able to do with Emily is also something that just warms the hearts of uh, of everyone I've shared the story with, you know, a freshman now at uh, the College of William and Mary, devoted to service as an EMT, uh, but but always being there to to really stand up and say, hey, 
my sister Emily might be different, but God, she is a beautiful young lady, and you ought to check out what she does. I mean, I love all of this. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, she's my guiding light. She's my inspiration. You know, when times are tough, um, it's easy to think of her and all of her challenges and think, you know, if she can overcome that um, with little frustration, then I can do anything. And, um, you know, this has been one of our most successful years. Many thanks to you. Um, Like you said, uh, we were voted um, the best local online store in Richmond. And she's done TV interviews. She's been on your radio show, and she did an interview for Forbes magazine. Um, we've sold over 9,000 bracelets and smiles, and we've raised over $3,500 primary for the Special Olympics, um, wow. while also at the same time uh, donating money to the Friendship Circle, like you said, and then also the Metro Richmond Police Emerald Society Line of Duty Death Fund. Yeah. Um, so it's been very successful, and... Um, it's great to have it on a national stage now, like you said. Uh, we love seeing orders coming in from all over the country. It's one of our favorite things to do, like, oh, here comes an order from California or Kansas <laughs> or wherever, you know. Um, and Emily loves it, too. I mean, um, like I mentioned earlier, it was very hard for her to string beads, and now she can sit on the couch and watch her favorite Peppa Pig show and just um, – beat away without even thinking about it, without even having to look at the string most of the time. So um, it's something that really makes her happy, something that has given her a purpose in life that, you know, you hope that everybody can have because it's so amazing to see um, that sense of independence and passion in her that we were afraid for so long would go unseen or unheard of um, just because of the way um, society is. Yeah. PJ, I want to I want to thank you for being here and I want to give you the opportunity one more time tell everybody the uh, the website they should visit. It is emilysbracelets.com all one word. You can see our classic collection, cla- casual collection, we have a first responder collection and much more up on the website. You can also find us on Facebook Emily's Bracelets, Instagram and Twitter at Emily's Bracelets. I love it. PJ, thank you so much for being here. That is PJ Morrissey. And this time of the year, especially, we're all thinking about good stuff, or at least we're trying to, even as as Christmas is taken away in many ways. I mean, the traveling, the real purpose of the season, obviously, is still there. Listen, I love what the Morrissey family has done. And as the father of a special needs kiddo, it just, it, it inspires me to see what they have accomplished with Emily. And that's why I've become such a a passionate supporter. And the bracelets are beautiful as well. So check them out, would you? Emily'sBracelets.com. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you if you know the directions to Candy Cane Way. Oh, it sounds delightful. But what's happening there right now, mm, not so much. It is Jeff Katz filling in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Cass sitting in for Glenn. Do you know where Candy Cane Way is? Do you ever hear of Candy Cane Way? I've got to be honest with you. I'd never heard of it. Now, it sounds delightful, right? It's obviously a, a Christmas thing. God, I just I just love that. Right? And it sounds to me like someplace everybody would want to visit. Well, it has a website. 
I'm going to give you a very quick little rundown, okay? And this is actually from the Candy Cane Way website. In December 1984, a wonderful group of neighbors living in West Allis, Wisconsin, joined together to collect donations for the MAC Fund, Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer, Inc., in honor of a neighbor's child diagnosed with cancer. The neighbors worked in concert in decorating their homes, encouraged visitors to make a small donation as they drove through the festively enhanced neighborhood. All of the money raised went to supporting research, treatment, and the eventual discovery of a cure for childhood cancers and related blood diseases. Now, that also makes you feel good, right? Doesn't that, you hear that and you go, oh my gosh, there's there's hope for all of us. Seriously, there's hope for humanity as you read the story of Candy Cane Way. But hang on a second. A couple of days ago, groups that identify themselves as Black Lives Matter decided that they would march through Candy Cane Way. Another group called the People's Revolution marched through the streets. And remember, these streets are all decorated. They've got beautiful lights and they've got crushes and and they've got Santas and and reindeer and, and candy canes, obviously. And guess what? The People's Revolution decided to march through it, chanting Black Lives Matter, no justice, no peace. And this little ditty whose lane our lane whose streets our streets now i don't understand why you're there no i really don't i don't understand why anyone protesting anything goes to some place like candy cane way one of the comments said quote My significant other lives on Candy Cane Lane, and she just texted me. BLM just crashed Candy Cane Lane. They were blasting music so loud that it made her windows and walls shake, and it scared the blank out of her dogs. Wow. Wow. I watched the videos, and you can find them at theblaze.com. If you go to theblaze.com, you'll see the videos of this nonsense. You're disrupting a charity event. The Milwaukee County Crime, Fire, and Police News page on Facebook said of the protest, yes, they came through, did not obey any traffic rules. Wow. You're, you're going to crash a place, just so I'm clear. You crash the place that's raising money to combat childhood cancer. You're not the Grinch. You're lower than the Grinch. The Grinch looks down on you and goes, dude, you, you, you got to shape up. How bad could you be? Ebenezer Scrooge is looking at you and thinking to himself, man. We got some bad people in the world. It's insanity. Why haven't we heard about it anywhere else? No, I thank Glenn and the staff at The Blaze for getting it to us. But this gives you an idea. There's certain pieces of news just doesn't get out there. They don't get out there. Why?
you got to think about the reason behind that. Now, we'll talk a little bit more than that, and then a little something that happened overnight. The United States Capitol decided we got to remove Robert E. Lee. Remember Robert E. Lee? Oh, he was all the rage for a while. Oh, he's a terrible human being. I know. Terrible, 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 terrible. We got to tear him down or box him up. And, and so up at the U.S. Capitol, they've done exactly that. But the truth behind it is, is a little different. I'm going to clue you in on some of the truth behind that. And I want to remind you quickly, folks have asked about uh, social media, absolutely, Parler and Twitter, Jeff Cat Show, Facebook, uh, Radio Cats, if you want to uh, touch base, love to, uh, to have you do that. And, of course, email. You go to my website, thejeffcatshow.com, and click on that uh, contact form, thejeffcatshow.com. Think about these things. We'll examine why the story of the invasion of Candy Cane Lane wasn't covered. It is Jeff Katz, thrilled to be filling in for Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn today. Protesting Christmas? Protesting finding a cure for cancer? God, you got you got to be pretty low down to do that. And you, you think about that and you go, well, wait a minute, Jeff, that's, that's evil, isn't it? Right? We're told over and over again, ah, no such thing as evil. You people with this talk about evil, man, that's just a, you're nuts. You're not, I'm telling you, I am telling you as sure as I am sitting here, there are truly evil people in the world. You don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it, but they are and they're out there. And there's, there's no other explanation. Let me give you one little snippet here. I, I've mentioned to you that um, live and work in central Virginia, right outside of Richmond, Virginia, kind of in between Richmond and Washington, D.C. And I live in an area, I got to tell you, which is rural, and I'm happy about that. And it's weird because I'm a city guy, right? I always tell you that I, I just assume meat always is in shrink wrap and styrofoam. I didn't realize there was something before that. Then I read about this, what, 14-year-old girl somewhere? Was it in Kansas? She she shot a 42-point buck, biggest on record. And then I have to revisit how pathetic I was when I went turkey hunting for the first time. Well, the only time at this point. Because I just thought turkeys were stupid. I did. I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia. I didn't know from turkeys. If I went hunting for turkeys, that meant that I was, I was going to Pathmark and looking in the frozen aisle and going, I found one! Oh, the great hunt is over. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. It's all saved. Right? I go out to hunt turkeys. First of all, I, I'm told it's, it's really early in the morning. Right? Like We get up at 3.30 or 4, then we have to sit on the ground. I'm not exactly an outdoorsy sort of a guy. I, I always refer to myself as the great indoorsman. You get out in the woods, and I'm thinking, man, somebody should vacuum this forest every once in a while. It's dusty. Then you sit there for hours in the mud, and it's cold, and there's one big tom turkey walking back and forth, and you, you do the calls, and you, you got to be super quiet. Sat there for hours. My, uh, my insight on turkeys has changed. Not only are they smart, they're nasty. 
because they can look. They got this great vision. They go, huh? Oh, eh, chubby guy over there from the city. Let's show them how smart turkeys are. But this is where I live. And I've got people who care about other people. And somehow, some way, we have a governor in Virginia who doesn't care about people. He really doesn't. His contempt for people is, is ugly in a way that can only be described as evil. Now, we have a little snippet of Ralph Northam, which will define exactly who Wreck-It Ralph is. Can we hear that? So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Blown out of proportion? Dude, you're talking about killing a baby. You're talking about delivering the baby, the infant, right? You called it a baby. The infant is delivered. The infant is, I don't know, put on a shelf. Where do you put the infant? Oh, I'm going to keep them comfortable. Okay. Well, you wrap them up. You read them a book. While you and the mother have this, eh, this calm conversation about whether you should or should not dispatch the child, right? That's evil. That's pure evil and that walks amongst us really does and i think that helps to explain some of the problems some of the problems that you and i see today 888-727-BECK 888-727-BECK you want to shoot me an email i'm, I'm more than happy to uh, take a look at those really appreciate it as well jeff at the jeff jeff at the jeff you take a look at what the government officials, not all of them, and, I, you know, I hate to use the term government like it's some big monolith. I mean, these are human beings that are involved in this, human beings like uh, Mr. Northam there who could e- easily dispatch a living baby because, yeah, inconvenience. What about the hospitalizations? Wasn't this the other reason? Remember we were flattening the curve? When was it, 10 months ago? We were going to take two weeks to flatten the curve? Well, have we done that because i haven't heard any talk about the curve flattening or not flattening or growing out of proportion in a long time mike is in south dakota hey mike welcome to the glenn beck program well thank you good morning uh yeah it's it's interesting to see the difference in the governors um you know we talked about flattening the curve i i just wanted you guys to know and the rest of the nation to know we've had a completely open economy. We did Thanksgiving here. We're going to do Christmas here. We come and go as we please. There's no mask mandated mask mandate, but we wear them, you know, when we need to. Yeah. Our hospitalizations are down. They were 580 hospitalized in South Dakota on November 19th. We're down at 343 right now, 343 today. You, you can go on the website and check. In South Dakota, they list the hospitalized people. That's almost a 40% reduction in hospitalizations. That's amazing. That's amazing, you know? Have, have you guys extended an invitation to Gavin Newsom or Governor Cuomo or any of the other <laughs> folks that have shut down everything everywhere else? Uh, you know, no. there's, a, there's, a saying, there's a saying out here. 
you can't fix stupid. And, you know, that's 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 from the fools among us out here. You know, we're, we're not very educated and all. No, but, uh, no. you know, that just just to di- divert just a second, that candy cane, you know, uh, yeah. story you just did. Mm-hmm. You know, the best present we can give our children for the holidays is a free country. Yes. We've got to stand up and fight for it. We got to quit just ignoring what they're doing to us and take a stand. You know, I mean. We're all here. There's 73 million of us. That's that's a lot of people right. that love America and, and love their neighbors. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I no. wanted people to know. That's great. That's I great. Mike, I appreciate the call. What, what an amazing thing. South Dakota hasn't shut anything down. South Dakota did Thanksgiving. They're doing Christmas. They'll do New Year's. No mask mandate. And yet people wear masks. Why? Because they're respectful of neighbors. You know, that's the thing. Everybody goes, well, you wear a mask, you can't catch this. No, it's the other way around. People are supposed to wear the mask so as not to infect anyone else. So it's to provide some degree of comfort for someone else. Think about that. Ryan's out in Indiana. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. Great. Um, I guess... My biggest thing is um, I would like to say to the American people with 345 million that we all approve and we all appreciate what everybody's doing as a bonus is one, mm-hmm. except for the White House that isn't doing exactly what they should be doing. And they kind of gave everybody their nice little small Christmas gift. I feel that 600 versus 1200 that we were getting is this our Christmas gift. And my question to everything that I can't understand for the White House and not the American people, because it's not really anybody's fault but here's my gander yeah we've been paying taxes for 500 years and we've been taking care of other countries for the last 100 years so my question is one where'd all the money go and two we can go around and rebuild other countries up with no problems but yet you can't take care of the american people that are starving here every day and we dedicate our lives out here and risk everything that we're risking but yet they should, they just push it up and just say, well, they'll be just fine for $600. Well, that's not the point. The point being is you haven't paid nobody for a year. We're not expecting the payment, but at least take care of your people when we're taking care of you. Yeah, that's a great point. Ryan, I appreciate the call to the Glenn Beck program. When you take a look down this, this laundry list, right? Last night was uh, 5,600 pages. It's some outrageous number for this, this bill. 5,600, 5,500, whatever it was, it's an outrageous number. And somebody actually did the math. All right, the average person can read technical things at the rate of about one page every five minutes. So nobody read this thing. Nobody there in D.C. read the thing. They turned to their aides and said, okay, what's in it? Are my favorite projects covered? Because if my favorite projects are covered, I'm in. That's what they all do. Left, right, center, I'm telling you. Oh, and $600 to the American people. Why? Eh, Why not? Why not? Does that help anybody? I mean, you think about it. You've been out of work for 10 months. You could have done just about anything and earned $600 in 10 months. And how much longer do we 
sit back? How much longer do we say, oh, yeah, uh, we're not we're not working. We're not allowed to celebrate the holidays with our family, but but it'll all be okay. Will it? 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. Oh, and the squad up in D.C. has decided we've got to release some more prisoners. Not all the prisoners, just the really fat prisoners. Hmm. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Remember, you've got to read glennbeck.com, theblaze.com every single day to get filled in on everything you need to know. And if you want to uh, shoot me an email, I'd love to get those. Jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. It is Jeff Katz. Thrilled to be sitting in for Glenn today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn today. The uh, statue of Robert E. Lee was removed from the United States Capitol last night. Uh, The governor of Virginia, King Ralph, said there's no room to celebrate the bigotry of the Confederacy. All right. Now, this is the same guy who was asked two years ago and asked essentially every day since then, so were you the one in blackface or under the Klan hood? Robert E. Lee, you'll remember, was offered the command of the Union Army first. President Abraham Lincoln offered Robert E. Lee command of the Union Army. Robert E. Lee at the time considered himself to be a citizen, really, of Virginia. If you take a look at the writings from that time, United States of America, prior to 1861, was usually used in a, in a plural way. It's only after 1865 that it becomes singular. And Robert E. Lee, whether you like the fact that he was the commander of the Confederate forces or not, after the war, Robert E. Lee did everything humanly possible to bring healing to the divided nation. Ralph Northam could not carry Robert E. Lee's hat. Let me get to a Jim who is down in Georgia. Jim, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Wow, I'm so excited. I've been trying to call in to Glenn Beck since he's been doing shows. And I'm happy at least I'm on the show. To piggyback on, uh, Jeff, uh, with this um, Candy Cane Lane protest, on August 25th, the Burn Loot murder crowd, as I'll call them, you know, BLM, marched through the streets of Charlotte chanting, Blank your Jesus, blank being the sixth letter, the word starting with the sixth letter of the alphabet. And if we go back five years ago, around Thanksgiving of 2015 in Chicago, they, they were stripping Christmas decorations off the city's Christmas tree. All this is documented, including the video of them chanting again, the sixth letter of the alphabet, your Jesus. You know, wow. so I mean, I would lo- I would love you, Jeff, to Google everybody listening to include you. I challenge them. I challenge them uh, to um, 
Look that up. And by the way, where I'm calling you from right now, I'm standing in front of a child sacrifice center known as a murder mill abortion clinic in Augusta, Georgia, with some friends. And we're not yelling at the women. What we're doing is, and I join them, uh, is that we help them. Uh, with an alternative, medical, yeah. food, yeah. clothing, and adoption, yeah. not yeah. in hate. And yeah. we do have a limited success here. We have limited success. Uh, so, And we've had guns pulled on us here, and the mm. sheriff's department don't mm. do anything on us. Guns flashed at us. We've received uh, threats, harassment for being on the public right away. But guess what? We're continuing. Just like they can outlaw Christianity in America or, or Judaism. And by the way, I'm a Messianic Jew, just to let you know. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> you know. Jim, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate the fact that you're doing it in a positive, friendly sort of a way. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Program. So let me see if I've got this right. Black Americans should get two votes. White Americans, one vote. The Swamp buys us off for $600. And when is an actor not an actor? It's all next on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn, based at uh, News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. There's some bizarre things going on right about now. Now, we'll talk about the, the idea that an actor is not really an actor. That has to do with a television show called The Stand. It's based on the uh, Stephen King book. It's on, I think it's CBS Access. Uh, Brian and I watched the first episode, and I thought it was okay. I don't think it's great, but uh, there are a number of folks who are absolutely outraged because one of the actors on the program is acting. Um, uh, I'll give you the details in a second, but first, I'm, I'm taking a look at what happened last night. Last night, while I was confined to my house, because remember, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, our... Uh, our fearful leader, Wreckett Ralph, our governor, decreed last, yeah, this was last week, he decreed. It's not a law. I want to be clear on that, you know, because laws have this whole thing. They go, remember you remember uh, the after-school specials, you know, how a bill becomes law? And, like, I'm singing that in my head, and then I break into conjunction, junction. But but anyway, so so you get this, this bill that goes through the House, and then the Senate, and then the governor, in this case, signs it, and then it becomes law. Oh, well, that didn't happen. King Ralph simply decreed that no one in Virginia, and it's a pretty big state, by the way, it's long, kind of wide, got like, I don't know, we have 10 million people, 9 million people. None of us are allowed out of our homes between midnight and 5 in the morning. And when he was asked about that, because he had, you can't really call it a press conference. What does the queen do? Like when the queen opens parliament or, you know, some sort of some sort of regal official thing, because because that's the way this guy operates. But anyway, so he issues this decree that no one in Virginia will be allowed out of their home between midnight and 5 a.m. And one of the reporters said, excuse me, your your governorship. Uh, Why? And he said, well, my grandmother told me nothing good ever happens after midnight. Well, I'd love to be making that up. God, if I could make that sort of nonsense up, sitting in Hollywood, writing scripts, maybe not. 
But $600 is what the payoff was out of this big bill. And I mean massive. 5,600 pages, 5,500 pages. Who's going to read that? Nobody's going to read that. And that's the point, isn't it? That's the whole point. Make it really big. Decorate it like it's a Christmas tree, even as you're telling the American people, no Christmas for you. You can't see anybody. You can't visit anybody. Nobody can come to visit you. And by the way, no more fun either. Why? Eh, Why not? 5,600 pages, and you and I, at least in theory, bought off for $600. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. If you want to uh, send me some email, I'm certainly happy to, uh, to read that. Jeff at thejeffcatshow.com, Jeff at thejeffcatshow.com, or maybe it's easier if you just go to the website, there's a whole contact button there, thejeffcatshow.com. Dave is in Ohio. Dave, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, Jeff, thanks for having me, and hey, consider yourself lucky in uh, Virginia if you can stay out till midnight in Ohio. We have to be in by 10. Real? What did you we do? Get, get you must have, no, no, wait a minute, Dave. You must have dented the car and lied about it or, or you know, you're not doing well in algebra. I mean, why else would you have to be home by 10? Well, that, there's no other reason other than um, it just, you know, gives just that little bit more of a pint of blood to control over to the Ohio government. <laughs> oh, and was that your governor that did that? He did, yes. I don't know. Yeah, at 10 o'clock, and I don't even understand this because now they're, they're letting the bars, they stay open till 10, but we kind of got an oxymoron. If you have to be in by 10, but the bars don't close till 10, <laughs> unless you got one of transporters from uh, Star Trek Enterprise that just zaps uh, you home, I don't know how you're supposed to do it. But. Well, maybe they, maybe they just assume you're going to pass out on the floor, you'll wake up in the morning, and everybody's back to work. It's all good. It's all good. Wow. Nuttiness. Dave, I appreciate the call. Casey is in Texas. Hey, Casey, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, good morning. Good morning, uh, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. So I Absolutely. Bring up, so I'm, I'm in the military. They, uh, you know, we have the uh, Social Security tax was kind of put on hold for like whatever it was, three or four months. Uh, and then they're getting ready to turn it back on here come right. in January. So they're getting everybody their 600 bucks. So great whoopee everyone is going to uh, a lot of folks don't even realize uh that social security tax was put on hold so come january say they were all of a sudden they were making 150 dollars extra they don't even know why well january they're going to start taking that back plus what they what they uh, forgave for three or four months so mm. they're going to have a bigger a 300 swing for a lot of people that don't even realize it wow it's outrageous isn't it casey how do you know about that is my question uh, about the Social Security tax being yeah. old or yeah, uh, the whole thing. Adver- it, yeah, I mean it was advertised a little bit, a little bit through commands in, in the military. Uh, yeah. But you know, and then a lot of folks in the private sector they had they had options to put it on hold. Uh, everybody in the military was automatic. Hey, you're just gonna we're tax. So if you're smart, maybe you put set that money to the side. And yep. then right now, there's no way to even just pay it all back right at once. It's we're uh, going to start oh. taking it all the way until uh, April. So there's going to be a big swing in a lot of folks' paychecks. Yep. Um, That's outrageous, so, Casey. You know, just outrageous these- when you think about it. And I appreciate the call. Think about that. 
So, again, let, let me make it simple. I told you yesterday, I'm the only one in this room, and I'm still not the smartest one in the room. So make it so I can understand. They took it out of my left pocket, and they put part of it in my right pocket, and they said, you, you should be grateful for what we've done for you. We have given you $600. No, you just kind of sort of gave back some of my money. And my follow-up question would be, where's the rest of it? Don is in Minnesota. Hey, Don, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call, and Merry Christmas to you, sir. Merry Christmas, Uh, Don. Yeah, you know, my wife and I got the first $1,200 stimulus check way back when each of us got it, $1,200. We decided that we did not need as much as many other deserving people, so we donated all of it to Wounded Warriors. Wow. Now, if we if we do get well, because we sat on it in, in for a week and said, what do we do? We, just, we weren't even expecting it. We said, okay, mm-hmm. we got it. So, and I, I, well, we were both surprised. Well, how come we're getting it? And I said, my wife and I decided, no, this is not something we should be taking. Yep. And let's find it. I was already donating monthly to the Wounded Warriors. I said, let's send it all to them. And, uh, you know, we felt really good about that. Now, if we do get the next $600 check, we've already decided it's going to go to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Oh, what an amazing organization they are. Yes, yes, I'll tell you what. I mean, I've been investigating all of these, uh, you know, charities as to who gives the most, uh, you know, like they get the most bang for the buck. I, I mean, almost... I almost cry when I look at these people, and then we are here talking about all of the BS about $600. So um, the main thing I wanted to tell you was on Joe Biden giving credit to the Trump administration without saying his name. Yeah. uh, I don't think Joe Biden is telling Joe Biden what to say and when to do it, because, (laughs) because if he can even remember how to do that. Right. My guess, my guess is it is Princess Cuella or Kamala, Uh, if you want to call her that. Right. And her merry band of thieves that is running his mouth. Yeah. It's almost funny if it wasn't for the damage it'll do to the next generation. You know, I have I have a son who's in, in California, God forbid. I mean he's, he's coming around. Mm-hmm. But I hope the younger I hope the younger generation will start to wake up and smell the coffee. We had a caller yesterday on Sean Hannity. There was a guest host that was doing that. Uh-huh. Who actually who actually said out loud to the guest host? I was like, I, I stopped my car, pulled over. I was listening to, is this really happening? It's, it's he's, this guy is going on. It's over for you Republicans. We got control of the machines. We got control of the process. We just don't give a damn how we do it. After yeah. putting up with you guys for so far, we now think the ends justify the means. That host was really at a loss of words that he was admitting that on the air, and he said, "Damn you, we don't give a damn anymore." Well, Don, I'm going to tell you, and I I appreciate that call. That seems to be what this is. It it has become a case of who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? And you know how we got to this point? Because for the last four years, every day, the... The mainstream media, as as many like to call them, I call them the legacy media. This is the old media. It is comprised of people who are leftists, and that's okay. I Look, I, I don't begrudge anybody their political opinion. I don't think that's my place. But every single day, those folks told us what a terrible human being Donald Trump was, and Russia, 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 Trump, 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 Trump. And you get to a point where you say, okay, could you at least let this man 
do his job. He's been elected. I know you hate the fact that he won. You hate him. You hate me. You placed me in that basket of deplorables. I got it. Believe me. You told me you hated me, and you know what? I take you at your word. You got to learn to believe people. For four years, four years, every single opportunity they had, they kicked him, they punched him, they kicked you, they punched me. And that got to the point where we are now, where they can say, we don't care what you 70, 75, 80 million people had to say. We changed the story. We're writing the story. And we've decided we're going to write you out of this chapter. By the way, quickly, Don mentioned uh, Tunnel to Towers, an amazing organization. Uh, they are paying off the mortgages of police officers who are killed in the line of duty, murdered in the line of duty. Uh, they just paid off the mortgage for uh, somebody who I had tremendous admiration for, Virginia State Police Special Agent Mike Walter. He was murdered a couple of years ago while performing his duties. And Tunnel to Towers came in and said to his widow and to his children, we got your six. We got you. Just amazing. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. A lot of stuff that is in the uh, front window. You know, I mean, here's what I mean. I'm looking out my window. I'm sitting here in what I call my broadcast hut. And I'm looking out the window and I'm looking at the trees and they're sort of blowing in the breeze. And there's beautiful grass out there. And I got all sorts of errands I'm supposed to run starting at around, uh, I don't know, another hour or so. I've got to go get some glasses. Heidi and I are going to go and spend the last of our flex spending account. And we're acting like we won the lottery. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. There was, I don't know, $200 left. And then we said, well, that's our money. Yep. Well, why are we, <laughs> why are we so excited that we're getting our money? And by the way, we have to spend it, right? If you got the flex spending thing, you've got to spend it by the end of the year. If it's your money, shouldn't you have the opportunity to spend it? With that? That's just my thinking. <clears throat> so I'm looking out this window and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go spend $200 on a spare pair of glasses. Like, I've already got my glasses. Well, all right, I'm at an age where i got two pairs of glasses. But that's besides the point. You know, you do get to an age where <laughs> every, every body part has their own doctor. You know, when I was 20, well, I didn't go to the doctor when I was 20. But when I was 30... If I didn't feel well or I was sick, I went to the doctor. Head to toe. Boom. One doctor. You're in. You're out. Man, you get to a certain age. You got your knee doctor. You got your hip doctor. You got this doctor. It's like, oh, goodness gracious. And then you get excited. You get excited. Oh, I get to go spend my own money. I wasn't asked how I wanted to spend it. I, I was told I had to spend it. It's kind of the same way with the $600 payment. It's our money. You get what I'm saying? It's your money. And it's not even all of you. They gave you part of your money back. Be happy you don't live in Maine. Maine just instituted an $18 per hour minimum wage. I know what you think of. Well, it's great. 
Ah, somebody can go make $1,800 or $18 an hour. Problem is the business owners are saying, uh, we can't afford that. So we're going to close down and we're going to move. Unintended consequences. <laughs> Tom is in New York. Tom, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making uh, it. Yeah, I look. I live in upstate New York. It's beautiful here, but we're under the same beautiful uh, power-grabbing yeah. governors. And, yep. uh, I mean, there's so much people don't know. I'm so, I'm so glad. I don't know. I sure hope that Trump stays in office. But if he doesn't, there's a possibility that we may actually lose our governor to uh, be attorney general, which is really scary. It's great for <laughs> New York, but, but in the big picture, it's not. I mean, if you go back, you look at the Moreland Commission. I mean... They got Cuomo's right-hand man, who Cuomo, you know, he knows everything. So, And then he closed down the Moreland Commission. If Trump would do something like that, it'd be crazy. And then, you know, with all this, the, the handling of the COVID, he didn't use the Red Cross ship. He didn't use the Javits Center. He sent patients to nursing homes. He sent patients up to Albany to spread this. And then, as a kicker, for all the people that went down and volunteered to work in the city, he taxed them at the New York City rate. Oh. I mean, what a... <laughs> yeah, no, I don't say it. We got it. I got it. Tom, it's outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. And who thinks a Governor Cuomo becoming an Attorney General Cuomo is going to look into, I don't know, election fraud? Hmm, I don't think so. Uh, the the goings-on of the Biden family? I did ask yesterday, is it too early to refer to Team Biden as La Josa Nostra. Is that pushing? It might be pushing it. If it's pushing it, you let me know. Did you ever watch The Stand? It's a brand, well, it was a Stephen King, King book. So my, my wife comes to me the other day. She says, you know, we need a show we can watch together. Oh, okay. Uh, how about The Stand? I said, isn't that written by Stephen King? Yeah, I said, I don't like it. Did you read the book? Nope. Well, how do you know you don't like it? Because I don't like anything that he writes. I read or tried to read one or two of his books. I just didn't like his style. Now, that's just me. I know there are millions and millions and millions of people who love his stuff, and that's great. I just didn't like it. Oh, no, we should watch it. Okay. So I watched the first episode and said, you know, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, I'm in for the second one. And then I come across the story. Apparently, there's a character, and I guess it's a character that pops up later in the series, and the character is deaf. Well, the actor playing that character is not deaf. And now there are some people outraged that a deaf actor was not hired to play the deaf character. Now, I understand. I told you, you know, father of a special needs little girl, I want, I want every human being to have every opportunity possible. But isn't the very nature of acting to pretend to be someone you're not isn't the essence of whatever that actor is doing pretending to be someone he's not why would anybody be outraged by that i don't quite get that 888-727-BECK 888-727-BECK jeff katz in today for glenn it is the glenn beck program It is Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. Thrilled to be here. 888-727-BECK. 
Beck. The squad. You know the squad, right? The uh, uber-leftist, uber-progressive members of the House, AOC, and some of the other uh, far, far, far-left folks. Look, they're they're not exactly people that I would find myself in agreement with on a regular basis. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say probably not your way of thinking either. This measure that they're putting forward should be something that everyone agrees on. Now, I know it sounds bizarre. Wait a minute, Jeff. They're so far left. Now, I'm telling you. They have decided that in an effort to help people not get the dreaded coronavirus that more criminals, more prisoners must be released. But not all prisoners. No, that would be silly. Come on. You wouldn't want to release all prisoners. Well, maybe you would. Maybe that's what your real plan is. But but at least not publicly. You don't want to say it. So <laughs> they have put forward a bill. They've introduced a bill that will release the obese. Those who can fly their fat flag should be released from prison. Any obese prisoner. And it doesn't matter what the crime is. Rapists, serial killers, child molesters, it doesn't matter. The measure is called, because they always come up with one of these goofy names, right? The Dismantle Mass Incarceration for Public Health Act. By the way, is that mass that you're referring to, the, the body mass index? Is that the BMI? We're just letting the fat people out, Jeff, and you know they're not going to run that fast, because look at you. You're not running that fast. Wow. And it would require... Not a suggestion, not a, hey, you got any fat prisoners? Ah, cut them loose. It would require states and localities to release, quote, certain individuals from jails and prisons. Jails as well. Jail is where you go before you get to go to prison. It's like a graduation ceremony. Okay, yeah, committed a crime. We're locking you up. It's only going to be for a period of time until you go before the magistrate. You go before the judge. He sets some sort of bail, and then you're off to the races. Okay, or you've got like a minimal sentence, 30 days, 90 days. I don't know. Maybe some places it's a year, as well as prison, where you go after you are officially a bad person. So exactly how many people would be released? Anyone with a body mass index of 30 or above. So let's say you're five foot six, you weigh 187 pounds. Boom, get out of jail free card. How about a mugger? You're five foot eight, you weigh 200 pounds. There you go. Six feet, 225 pounds, you're done. And that, it doesn't matter if you are a muscular person at that weight. I mean, think about it. How many professional athletes would be 6'1", 6'2", 220, 240? Hardly obese. But under this, this, this law, if it became law, they would be considered Obese, they get the kid out of jail free card. Now, I think somehow you could, you, you got to put that together with some sort of buffet. 
You know, you got out of jail because you're grossly overweight and you got to maintain that weight because that was the whole reason you got out of jail or you got out of prison. I don't know. Maybe it's free donuts. Oh, free donuts. That reminds me. I got to go to Wawa today. Do you have Wawa where you are? Love Wawa. You know, when you grow up in Philadelphia, Wawa is the quickie store, you know, the convenience store. And I I hate to say it because my friends in New England will be absolutely appalled, but the coffee at Wawa, actually better than Dunkin' Donuts. Shh, I didn't say that. But every Tuesday, Wawa gives you free coffee, any size. And every single solitary week, I get into an argument with with my wife. Because we'll go to Wawa to get our free coffee. I get the extra large coffee. Why? Because it's free. My wife... No, I don't know. I, I was thinking about a medium. Why would you get a medium? Well, I'm, I'm a little more thirsty than a small, but I don't want a large. What do you mean you don't want it? Well, I don't think I could drink it all. It's free. Yeah, but I can't drink. Well, give it to me. I, yeah, but it's for me. It's a free coffee for me. It's not free. I got my free coffee. Mine is the extra large. If I could drive a tanker truck up to Wawa and say, I'm here for my free, any size free coffee, that's what I would do. Who gets into an argument? Well, I know it's free, but I don't, you know, it's too big. It's not, oh, my gosh. So anyway, so that's, that's part of my, it's uh, one of my agenda items for today. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Reminder to you, and I, I am so serious about this, if you are looking to be aware, and obviously you're part of this program, you want to be aware, glennbeck.com and theblaze.com are must, must, must visit websites every single day, multiple times a day, because the legacy media is not going to give it to you. The legacy social media is not going to give it to you. It is... Uh, it is a uh, bizarre time in which we live. Cindy is in Ohio. Hey, Cindy, welcome to the Glenn hey. Beck Program. Hi. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I am fine, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you. Um, Jeff, I was just calling because I am so incensed at this, quote, relief package. My uh, patriotism, my loyalty, my mm-hmm. soul, and my feeling for my country and my freedom uh, for my defense of the Constitution and for my president, Donald J. Trump. None of those are for sale for $600. How about 605, Um, Cindy? If I could get you $605, what are you willing to give up? I'm not willing to give up anything, Jeff. And I've been calling my legislatures here in Ohio. Governor DeWine is my governor also, and he knows me on a first-name basis. Uh Uh-oh. I am so... I, oh yes, I am. <laughs> I try. I, I try not to swear. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and I am a Christian. I do yes. not believe in violence, but I do believe there is a time when a country and a people must defend that country and themselves. Yeah. Um, I want. I want Donald Trump to keep fighting. I want transparency in this election. I want to yeah. hear from every one yes. of the whistleblowers, and I want. I want this taken care of. And all my friends, I have told them, I am geriatric, but I, you know, I get around pretty well. And they don't want to see a bunch of my old lady friends and myself <laughs> with our canes, you know, coming for them <laughs> in, a, in a mob. And I, I just, I'm so, 
so grateful for people like you. And I just I wish Donald Trump would veto this bill. Yeah. Um, I hear you, Cindy. Uh, you know, I, you know, I hear you. Listen, I, just, I, I appreciate that so much. And I, I wish you and yours a Merry Christmas. I got this image now of the mob of angry older women coming after folks with canes. But how many people are at that point? I know I look, I, I look to January the 6th, right? January the 6th is when these electoral college votes are presented to Congress. And I keep reading and, and Again, I'm trying to make heads or tails out of this, and some of it is. You've got to be a constitutional scholar to really understand it, and I'm not. But it seems to me you need one member of Congress, and it seems like we've got him, right? Congressman Mo Brooks from Alabama, and you need one member of the United States Senate. Well, Mitch McConnell is already apparently telling the folks in his caucus, I don't want any mess. It's just, nope, nope, nope. Nobody joined with uh, with that Brooks character. We're putting this through, fast-tracking it. Biden's the guy. I've known him for 50 years. Good guy. We, we drink scotch together. You know, how bad a guy could he be? Well, I don't know. I, I think pretty bad. I think there's there's a lot of bad ideas that have been jammed into his briefing book. And I think, you know, I, I, I think about people who go out every day and actually make a difference. You know, it's weird. Here I am. I'm looking at four big cups. I'll post this up on my, uh, my Facebook page a little bit later. But I've got my four cups from, from my friends at Mission Barbecue. Right? One of my favorite places. They're all over the country. Founded after 9-11, every day at noon, they play the national anthem, which I just love. I try and get there at noon. But I have a white cup because that money goes to support wreaths across America. I've got a black cup that goes to support the USO. I've got a red cup that is designed to help firefighters. And I got the blue cup, which is really, you know, near and dear to my heart because that is helping police officers right everyone i just mentioned goes out there every single day doing the right thing and how many of those folks know that they're coming home we got police officers all over america under attack buy them that coffee will you or if you're in mission barbecue because now it is the blue cup season as we get ready for national law enforcement day seriously buy them a big drink Make a difference. You're going to start seeing billboards around America, too. Did you know that? The Chesterfield County Police Department here in Virginia, the chief down there, his name, Jeffrey Katz. So, you know, I love him. I love him already. Jeff Katz, Chief Jeff Katz. But he put together a campaign of videos thanking police officers. So you think, oh, that's great. You're thanking the cops in Chesterfield County where, where you are. He said, no. We've arranged with some billboard companies to donate billboard space. These thank yous are going up in cities all across America. Be on the lookout for them, will you? 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. If you want to uh, hit me up on, uh, I mentioned Facebook, Radio Cats over there, or uh, email me. I'm always happy to take a look at that. Uh, go to the, go to my website, thejeffcatshow.com, and just fill out that contact form, thejeffcatshow.com.
Com. It is Jeff Katz. Happy as all get out to be filling in for Glenn today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn today. We've got more lockdowns coming. That's what we keep hearing. The threats are out there. My gosh. Seems to get worse and worse every single day. We're not going to let you out of your house. There is going to come a point where good, decent people say, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see more numbers, wouldn't you? I'd like to go back to the first issue, which was when we were told we have to flatten the curve. It's going to take two weeks, Jeff. Everybody can do two weeks. It's not a big deal. Gotcha. Government was running it. I figured, all right, the two weeks will be three, four, five weeks, but then we'll be done. Now what are we looking at? I got no idea. Diane is down in Florida. Maybe she's got a handle on it. Hey, Diane, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, hello. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, about this COVID thing. How do we know it's not just another strain of a really bad flu? And maybe they're combining the numbers for the flu and COVID. Well, they are. That's what, uh, uh, Diane, I asked that very question. I said, how come we're not hearing about the flu this year, right? Every year you hear, oh my gosh, the flu is bad or the flu is good. And, and, and one of my doctor friends said, Jeff, I'm looking at uh, this this source of information, CDC apparently, that has something that they called the PIC, and that was the number combining pneumonia, influenza, and COVID. So that didn't make any sense to me either. Nope. This is ridiculous. And um, I'm actually from Minnesota, like the other guy that called, but he's yeah. really got an accent. <laughs> he's, got a, he's, got, he's got the don't you know Fargo accent. Get in your car and go home. Yeah, we got something to feed into that wood chipper first, Diane. That's, uh, that's not going to be a pretty thing. I... <laughs> Appreciate the call. Uh, Vicky is in Colorado. Hey, Vicky, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Well, thank you, Jeff, for taking my call. How yes. are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. I have a few grievances I wanted to speak with about. Now, you know, it's not uh, Festivus yet, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm in agreement with the last caller before the last, Cindy. Um, I'm a United States citizen, so not only do I call my reps in Colorado, but mm-hmm. I'm calling all reps and senators right? because the election did affect me. Of course. Now, many of them, I'm going to tell you a secret, a lot of them will not answer their phone. <laughs> they'll see me the message and they'll get back with you, which they never do. Yeah. But I have to say, Governor Bennett of Colorado has been very good. Rand Paul, Cruz, and Gosart. Yeah. But well, I fair am enough. incensed. I hear you, Vicki. I hate to do it. I've got to run here. But given that tomorrow is Festivus, the airing of the grievances would be purely appropriate. Hopefully we get the chance to talk about it. Jeff Katz filling in for Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. is the Glenn Beck Program.